Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. At the end of this month, Lexington Mayor Jim Gray will leave office and return to private life and business. He's called being mayor the best job in the world. Today, a chance to look back with Gray on his eight years leading Lexington. He's actually been a constant at city government for 12 years, including his time as vice mayor. Gray has overseen Lexington in a time of population growth, a redevelopment of many once blighted areas. He has presented eight balanced budgets in a row and invested heavily in public safety. Gray has had some frustrations along the way, including shootings likely connected to the nationwide opioid epidemic. There have been some others. Mayor Gray joins us today to look back and to look ahead. And we thank you very much for coming in. Bill, great to be with you again. Mayor, my first question is, has it hit you yet that in a few weeks <laughs> uh, you will be returning to private life and you don't have to answer to 300,000 people. <laughs> well, you know, it, um, what I've learned about life, and you have too, Bill, and many of our citizens know this, uh, so many people know this, that, you know, life is about adjusting and adapting and about taking on new challenges. And I believe when one door, when one door closes, another door opens, but you got to be looking out for those opportunities. I've always been irrepressibly optimistic, and I see public service as having been a really rewarding experience in my life. I always said that I believe you could take good business practices and principles into government. You could translate a lot from the private sector into government, but I also know that you can translate a lot from government into the private sector and into the pro bono or the charitable sector, philanthropy. Uh, there's just so many lessons that you learn in government, and a lot of that has to do with patience, and a lot of it has to do with patience, and a lot of it has to do with persistence, too. I mean, the, the public, I think, often doesn't understand how quickly government actually moves behind the curtain. Now, a lot of things look like they move very slowly, mm -hmm. but the behind the curtain and when things are really getting done, yeah. it moves very, very quickly, and everybody has an opinion on it. Take us behind the curtain just a little bit, if you will, as to your experience in serving in this office. You, again, you were a businessman, that's what yeah. you had known, uh, but but what is it like, and, and you chose to, to move your office down to the uh, <laughs> the lobby, basically, yeah. there, right on the, on the first Even floor. Even be more exposed, right. And, exactly, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I take it there would be calls that would come that had to be dealt with instantly, but yet there were yeah. things you're trying to do long term. How do you manage all of that? Yeah, you know, one of the one of the first things that I learned about the uh, putting the office on the first floor, um, it's very much like a newsroom environment. And uh, when you've got a challenge, when you've got an issue, you need to have all hands on deck. And that's one of the real benefits. And of course, it's very accessible to the public as well. So that's the symbolic message that it sent. But it also was all about being efficient when we had a real challenge to deal with. And when you got a real challenge to deal with, there's no waste in time. You know, you just have to learn that uh, you got to take advantage of every moment when you're dealing with a crisis. And that's what we learned to do. Right out of the gate, we had a fiscal crisis. We had a financial crisis. We're nine million dollars in the hole in the very first, very first month I entered office. It was in the depths of the recession. We had to deal with a $27 million budget deficit in my very first budget. And um, we had to fix a pension that was upside down. We had to fix a health insurance system for our employees that was upside down, hemorrhaging almost $15 million a year. 
Well, you had to get your financial house in order, just like in business. You got to get your financial house in order before you're going to get anything else accomplished. That led us, by getting our financial house in order, it led us to making the improvements in quality of life, quality of place that, uh, that we've been able to make, including and the renovations that groundbreaking for Rupp Arena and the, the new reinvented Rupp Arena and the convention center, the town branch, uh, the historic courthouse that we just opened, uh, projects like that. And I, I just love the, the high-speed internet, the high-speed fiber project. Uh, it's gonna, we're going to be the largest um, high-speed fiber, largest gigabit city in the country. So all of those things were a part of getting our financial house in order first. Lexington was named one of the top best managed cities in the country recently. Uh, how did you achieve that? I mean, it, does, it, uh, does it take a lot of uh, prioritization and, uh, and saying no a lot of times to, to people who uh, uh, have good ideas? Well, you know, the first thing you got to do is put a good team in place. And I've, you don't learn that casually. That came from being in business for a long time and going through ups and downs, going through struggles. Our company experienced insolvency after my father passed away, and we had another couple of hard, you know, rough patches. And every time you go through a rough patch, you learn something. And I learned that having a really capable team in place is, makes all the difference in the world. Now, that sounds sort of cliche and corny, and everybody would say that. But getting the right people in place is really tough and really challenging. And it's just as tough in government as it is in business. And, I, you know, I made some mistakes, but, you know, you come out of those and you, you keep moving. Did you want people around you who would say uh, from time to time, Mayor, you're wrong on this one? <laughs> I want that all the time, not just occasionally. You want feedback that's honest and you want to encourage that kind of feedback. And you got to, as a leader, you got to be careful about discouraging that kind of feedback dissenting of points of view. You've got to encourage dissenting points of view. And that's really hard for a lot of, I think that's hard, that's just naturally instinctively hard for folks. You've got to work on that to encourage. And, and frankly, I think that's one of the benefits of the press bill because the press is always, if they're doing their job, the press is always pushing back. They're not flattering you. You know, they're pushing back on you and they're challenging. And that's what you guys have done well. That's what I think we've got a vigorous press in Lexington, and that fourth estate is essential and vital to our democracy. You have never hidden the fact that you uh, love this job. You love being mayor. I think at one point, uh, you know, you called it the best job in the world. Uh, what was the best part of, of being mayor of Lexington? Oh, the, the best part is engaging with so many citizens who care about our city. I've, I've always believed that if people felt better about their city, when they get up in the morning, then we will have been doing our job because they'll feel better about themselves. So going to work, feel better about their city, then we'll be doing our job as elected public servants or in any capacity in government, whether we're elected or whether we're in the bureaucracy, whether we're employees in our government. If we're helping folks and we're, if people feel better about their city, and so that's very rewarding to me when I run into people like on Sunday at the when we had the open house for the historic courthouse, courthouse square now, and people were coming up to me and they were thanking me. They didn't need to thank me, they almost thanked themselves because the public kept saying, you know, we need to do this. We don't need to have this historic building in the center of our city. We don't need to have it eroding and decaying and deteriorating. We need to fix it up. 
And that's just an example. The same thing with Rupp Arena, the same thing with the convention center, same thing with the things that represent, you know, the spirit and the place. And in many respects, you know, we've had a renaissance of spirit and place, and I'm proud of that. You have a lot of projects that are underway that, uh, that you're having to leave unfinished. The Town Branch uh, Commons, uh, as you say, the Convention Center uh, yeah. under construction, Rupp Arena. There's this new proposal now for out to uh, where the stockyards was, yeah. uh, that uh, yeah. maybe some apartments and all of that. Uh, d regrets about leaving some of those things uh, undone? No, not really, because I know, that, I know that the projects are in good shape. I learned in this job a little bit different than I, in the construction business. I used to think that the heavy lifting came once the bricks and mortar started, once we broke ground on a project. I've learned in this job that the heavy lifting comes when you're planning the project, when you're bringing people to consensus to get it done, when you're creating the funding mechanisms to get the project done. Real, the simpler part is, much, is when we've got the plans all together and then you're actually building the project. You know, then the, the, you really can fast forward and look forward to the ribbon cutting. What regrets do you have looking back over uh, eight years of leading uh, Lexington? Is there, is there something that, uh, that you would like to have done if circumstances m may have been different? Oh, you know, I really don't look at it that way, Bill. I know that I hope that doesn't sound pretentious or presumptuous uh, because we had so much on our plate and so much that we wanted to get done. And when I think of the three goals, which was creating good paying jobs for Lexington citizens, our second goal was to run government efficiently, my third goal was to build a great American city, and we're getting all of those done, and I'm very proud of that. And, you know, there's, there's only so much bandwidth you got, you. Now, that's not to say that you don't wish on occasion, oh, gee, I wish I'd been able to get I wish I'd been able to get this tackled, but I'm very proud that with the bandwidth we had, with the resources we had, that we've gotten so much done. Lexington Mayor Jim Gray is our guest on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll come back in just a moment. He will soon be succeeded by former Lexington Vice Mayor Linda Gorton. We'll talk about how that transition is going, what he expects from her, and a lot more on Kentucky Newsmakers in a moment. Welcome back now to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We are visiting with Lexington Mayor Jim Gray, who will be leaving office after two terms uh, coming up uh, at uh, the end of December. Uh, you uh, had the option to run for a third term. You uh, made a, a bid for Congress, right, which didn't right. work out. Uh, do you regret that you didn't seek that third term? You know, there's some days, you know, in full disclosure, there's some days that you think, well, you know, maybe I should have gone on with this. But I've also learned that there's a cycle. There are cycles in life. And when you've done what you think you can do in the job you've got, then you need to move on. And founders did not intend for us to have these jobs forever. And so, you know, I believe strongly that when you've done your best and when it's time then to move on to a new initiative, to a new project, whatever that might be, and contribute, you know, continue contributing. Because as people ask me, well, Jim, are you leaving? I'm like, you couldn't push me out of here with a bulldozer. You know, no, you can contribute and continue to contribute in many ways 
in life. And that's what I think is remarkable about Lexington because so many people do contribute in such remarkable ways. Mayor, what was uh, one of the uh, tough decisions that you had to make that surprised you? Something that was not part of your uh, overall strategy or planned out, but something that just uh, may have uh, come out of the blue? Well, I would say that uh, one of the more challenging decisions was removing and relocating the Confederate statues from the old courthouse lawn. Uh, I'd already made a decision on the weekend of Charlottesville that I would call on the city council to make that move of those statues the following Tuesday. But that weekend when the all the when all the conditions erupted in Charlottesville and the tragedy of Charlottesville, I made the decision that I should go ahead and announce that we were going to move and relocate the statues. Uh, that was challenging. We were, we were on the radar of the white nationalists. We were the next city that was targeted. So we were on the razor's edge. But I said then, and I'll say it today, that there's no perfect time to do the right thing. It's all the time. You got to do the right thing all the time. That was the right decision. These statues were located on the very space, the very place where men, women, and children were sold into slavery. And it just was not right to honor these men who fought to preserve slavery on that very ground. Now, they have been removed and relocated to the Lexington Cemetery. And I really, uh, I'll never be able to thank the members of the board of Lexington Cemetery enough for helping us with that move. But it was the right thing to do. And uh, it was a challenging, it was a challenging period. We had news from all over the world here for us for the for a few days. Including in the, in the weeks after because of the yes. potential for, for more, right. uh, as you said, issues. But um, it was, <clears throat> but, but you know, when I, when, I think about, when I think about a decision, that decision especially, um, it was, in many respects, it was symbolic. But today, you have to be deliberate about going to see those statues. There were many members of our community um, those of color who had to walk by those symbols every single day, uh, symbols of a period in time where their ancestors, their forebearers were enslaved and were sold in slavery at that very location. So it was the right thing to do, Bill. Mayor, how is the, uh, now that you're leaving office, how is the transition going uh, to Mayor-elect Linda Gordon, whom you uh, ended up endorsing late yeah, in the campaign? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's going very well. Um, Linda supports a lot of the projects that we've initiated, and I feel very good about her uh, ability, her leadership, her background, her experience. She served on the council for 16 years, so she understands that dynamic. She understands that you know, it doesn't go your way every day as mayor. You've got to be patient, and yet you also got to be persistent. And uh, my encouragement uh, to my encouragement to anybody in public service and is to think big, to start small, and to move swiftly. You know, we've got a lot of things, a lot of challenges, a lot of problems that got to be solved. They're there every single day, and you've just really got to be relentless about it. You've got to wake up in the morning saying. You know, we got these problems we got to work on. We got to bring people together to solve them. 
What can you tell uh, people in Lexington about the mayor-elect that they that they may not know? Uh, you, you know, a lot of folks uh, uh, know that she uh, emphasizes collaborative decisions, yet she says she can make a decision quickly if needed. Uh, she uh, won in all parts of the city, uh, really, in her right. in her campaign, right. and yet she will say herself she's surprised at how she gets so many votes. <laughs> well, Linda is it, Linda is a person who just comes up to you and naturally you like her. She's going to she's very engaging and she's very detail oriented. She's a nurse by profession and you know that she's going to cover the details. And that's really important because and and, and she takes public service seriously. And those, all of those are attributes in a role like this. You mentioned uh, earlier uh, the pensions uh, were something that you uh, jumped on uh, here in Lexington and, 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 and got in order, whereas the, the state has had its issues in trying to deal with, right. the, the, with the larger pension issues. Advice to them? Well, what we did was, first off, I knew that it wasn't going to be an overnight solution. And I knew that we had to bring people together. We had to work collaboratively. We had to bring people together, get their points of view, and we had to keep working on it. We couldn't shove anything down anybody's throat. It just doesn't work that way in government. I think by my experience working with professionals in business helped me a lot because in government, you got a lot of professionals you're dealing with and they're gonna have a point of view. And when you're trying to solve something as some would say as intractable as a pension problem like we've got in the state is, then it requires a lot of persistence. It requires a lot of collaboration. It requires people engaging. And you've got to have leadership as well. We had, a, we had some excellent consultants on our team who continued to come back with the data. And the data was helped, the data helped us form the solutions. It was hard to ignore the facts, but you can't shove it down people's throats. You know, you've got to keep, you've got to insist that, yep, we're going to keep working on this. And one thing I did say was, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting on this problem. We are not going to leave this work table. We are going to continue to meet until we resolve this problem. And everyone then, I think at the end of the day, Bill, everyone realized that part of compromise is giving up something, is giving up a little bit. And everyone contributed. The city contributed substantially by adding $10 million a year to support and to fund the pension. Let's talk just a minute about the relationship between Frankfurt and the, and the local governments, which uh, is an interesting balance at times. The state uh, laws restrict the sources of revenues that uh, cities can have based on size. Lexington cannot have a restaurant tax, uh, as an example, but the smaller cities can. Uh, we're, uh, Lexington is very heavily reliant on, on the uh, occupational tax, and right. uh, you have some concerns there, I know, that if you lose a large employer, the train announcement recently, yeah. uh, that can throw things off. Uh, Frankfurt uh, lawmakers do not allow local governments to make uh, gun rules. Uh, so it's, some decisions are passed off to the local governments, and yet Frankfurt holds some of the decisions there. Yeah, that can be really frustrating. I have to confess, when I came into this job, I didn't realize how many constraints, how many restrictions there were in terms of local governance and local authority. You know, there's a lot of talk that we want to give uh, authority 
more local authority. And when it comes down to it, though, legislature doesn't want to do that. And that is frustrating. I'll, it, I'll acknowledge that right out of the gate. In order for us to have an order, up, for example, we had to get the state legislature to approve our pension reform. We couldn't do it on our own. So not only do we have to work together with our fire and police unions and with all the constituencies that were involved in that decision, but we also had to get an agreement that would pass muster with the legislature. Now, when you're thinking rationally, you think it just shouldn't be this way. We should have more local authority. And I would always advocate for more local authority. With Lexington Mayor Jim Gray, his final weeks of serving uh, in this capacity. We're going to uh, find out uh, more about what he has planned after he leaves office. Uh, that and more and the Christmas uh, holiday events coming up in Lexington in these uh, days before he leaves office. Coming up on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. Our remaining moments here with uh, Lexington Mayor Jim Gray, uh, who is leaving office at the end of the month. Let me say to you, we appreciate the access we've had to you and the many times that you have appeared here and the, uh, sometimes under strange circumstances. I remember at least two or three times that you came in in a snowstorm yes. and came on with us. Yes. And uh, yes. those yes. are always challenging, aren't they? They are, they are, because people expect expect the roads to be cleared before the snow even hits the ground. <laughs> right. They don't want to hit the, don't, you know, people don't, folks don't expect that the snow will actually hit the pavement. It should be removed before it hits the pavement. About 12 feet that's up, what I, maybe. That's what I've learned. That's what the expectation is. Uh, I guess I will ask, uh, are, you, are you leaving the city ready for the, the, the winter to come? We've already had some cold weather. Oh, yeah, we've got, we've got, We've got plenty of salt. We've got plenty of uh, plenty of resources ready. What are your plans uh, going forward? I know you uh, obviously uh, great construction, your family business. Do you uh, right. you plan to, to return there? Or, or? Well, fortunately, uh, I worked hard with my with my brothers to uh, put together a succession plan, and things are going well at our business. I'm still the chairman of the board of the company, and I would like to contribute and help to contribute where I can. I have other interests, of course, from having been in the role like I've had here, and I expect to continue to, um, to work in charitable initiatives. Um, I want to help Ann Bacus with what she's doing with the Town Branch Park. Uh, that's a, a project that's close to my heart. Uh, and projects like that that will, will emerge over time. The university has a, a big footprint, of course, in the city, and anything we can do to help the university uh, is something that I think is really essential because for our city to grow and prosper, it means working together closely with the university all the time. Somebody described uh, an event the other day, I think it was uh, honoring Fred Mills uh, downtown, <laughs> yeah. and they said that as you walked through, you shook every hand, and, uh, and somebody asked the question, well, what are you running for? And you, <laughs> you were pretty definitive about that. Are you through with, uh, with public office? Oh, you know, Bill, politics is a, politics is a function of pacing and timing and um, I won't say that I'm absolutely through with it but I have learned that you know what the founders they didn't intend for us to hold these jobs forever they intended for others to come along and to contribute and do their best in those roles and I learned the same thing in business you know you if you try to hold on to a job forever then you're only going to hurt and compromise the institution that you're to, that you're supposed to be serving 
So it's real important that you create a framework for succession and that you encourage those who do come into whatever that role is that you may have held, that you encourage them. So I expect to, I expect to do just that. Don't know exactly what every day is going to look like, but, uh, but I'm very optimistic about, about and uh, very uh, excited about what tomorrow will bring. Well, you know, the, the rumor swirled around about a statewide run next year, like maybe for state auditor uh, that came <laughs> I, up as you. I have heard these rumors. I heard, <laughs> I heard, these, rumors. Start them, I heard huh? these rumors in Louisville, believe it or not, right? not in Lexington. But so, so we'll, just, we'll, we'll wait and see where, where all that goes as far as uh, whether you re-enter politics. Uh, Christmas and uh, uh, major events coming up, the parade, it looks like we could uh, potentially have uh, some snow out there at that time. That always sets the mood. It does. It does. You know, the Christmas parade is always a lot of fun. You know, what, what's exciting is we did the Christmas, Christmas tree lighting uh, last Saturday night, and there were thousands of people for the Christmas for the, for the lighting of the Christmas tree and inviting and welcoming Santa Claus to town. This was the eighth time I got to do that, and that was real exciting. And, um, you know, as we, as we enter the holidays, I think it's just such a time for us to reflect on Thanksgiving. Uh, it's such a, time, such a good time for us to reflect on all the blessings that we've had, and that's exactly how I feel about it. About a minute left as you leave yeah. office. Uh, what would you like to say to the people of Lexington and, and beyond? You know, Lexington is a kind of a, a, the star city for our viewing area. You know, people are proud to be neighbors to this community uh, who uh, don't even live here, but it's a, it's a large city in itself. Yeah. I would say that um, I would thank the people of Lexington, of Fayette County, uh, friends of mine throughout the district for the opportunity that I've had to engage in public service to actually work in this job because it's been so rewarding. It's been such a learning experience. Even the times that were tense and even the really challenging conditions and situations, you know, I reflect back on them and I realize how much I learned and I realize what a rare opportunity it is to have that chance. And for that, I am just enormously thankful. And so that's what I would say. And, and Lexington is, a, it is really a great city because it's got some really wonderful people here. We have many blessings. Mayor Jim Gray, thanks for coming. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning, and we hope you make it a good week ahead.